Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott and Cody Jansen holding down the fort today. Bob is in the air with the Oilers. They are headed to Arizona. They'll take on the Coyotes tomorrow. You'll hear it on 6.30. Chad starting with the face-off show following the 6 o'clock news tomorrow night. And then puck drop just after 8. That is the front half of uh, back-to-back road games that go from Arizona to Vegas the next night. Very well could be a showdown between the top two Pacific Division teams with the Oilers in Vegas. I don't know if you're heading down there. I guess you can despite the COVID restrictions and that sort of thing. If you are, enjoy the crap out of that one. That's going to be excellent. The weather has to be fantastic, as it always is when the Oilers fans venture down there. Um, yeah, that uh, Vegas game, 6 o'clock, face-off show, 8 o'clock puck drop as well. Okay, we're still going to hear from uh, Oil Kings head coach Brad Lauer coming up in about 10 minutes or so. But right now, let's connect with our NHL insider, brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, you're on with Brendan. How's it going today? Good man, you? Not too bad at all. Things a little bit better around these parts than uh, than I've seen them before. Uh, and that's because the Oilers are 3-0. And we're trying not to plan the parade. But it is exciting to see the fans worked into a frenzy and pounding on the glass and cheering away as the, the guys are in the media room trying to do their post-game avails and that sort of thing. It's just a whole different buzz around this city. And... You know, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to temper expectations yet because I think that there's a lot of good for this team and we haven't been able to enjoy that for quite some time. So what do you make of the first three games and how much are you investing in the results that have come out so far? Well, I, I, I it's, it's interesting, Brendan. I actually put a little bit more into it maybe than some because I, I don't think the team has played relatively perfect hockey yet, uh, particularly the last game. Uh, against the Ducks, and they still were able to win. Uh, and I, I, I think there's a, a sign of resilience that we saw at times last year and maybe even the year before a bit, before the, the COVID shutdown. Uh, there's a resilience that this team can fight through things 
and get itself out of trouble uh, like they did last night after being down by a goal. Uh, that, to me, is is a positive. You know, the the, the home the home start it, it makes you it makes you think. Uh, you know, because I, uh, I I look at the Winnipeg Jets, who started with three games on the road, have yet to have a victory, uh, and everybody used to talk about it's great to start on the road because uh, we can bond. Well, you know, Vancouver has been on the road; they've only won once. Seattle, the same thing, only won once. Although maybe that's maybe that's one too many. Uh, but I, I think I think starting at home and creating momentum. Uh, is a positive for the Oilers, and I think that uh, we'll we'll get a different sense of what happens with this back-to-back coming up tomorrow and Friday. Well, you know what? I think even the indication of them turning to Mike Smith for a third consecutive game in order to try and push themselves over the top and get that win last night. You know, like every every win, every point this year seems to have an added importance. And you can feel that this group senses the clock ticking on some genuine success at this point. Now, a lot of that, I think, is being solidified over the first three games because we've been able to see the newfound depth of this roster and the scoring depth and in, in action. And that's finally not a headline anymore. I'd love your thoughts on what the bottom six and in particular that Ryan and Fogel and Cassian line and how effective that they've been through the first three games, even alleviating some of the pressure on the big gunners. Well, um, not to say, and I, I'm not going to pull a Don Cherry, like I said a couple of weeks ago. I'm not going to do that. Uh, but we have to stop talking about top six, bottom six. Uh, we should be top. We should be talking top nine. Um, this, and and I and I say that based on what what I think the addition of Ward Fogle does. And the and the resurgence of Zach Cassian, um, you know Derek Ryan is a, a good utility centerman. He can kill penalties. Uh, he's he's effective more often than not. So the Fogel and Cassian combination with Ryan in the middle does give them uh, you know a, a little bit of physical play, uh, a little bit of defensive play, and can still put the puck in the net. So this is not a top six, bottom six anymore. This is a top nine. And I think that's very important uh, for a long 82-game schedule when you can have the confidence to be able to put out that third line, even in offensive situations. And you're not double-shifting, uh, you know, the McDavid line or when you're on the road, the dry side line. You're able to use nine, nine guys rather than six. So you just hinted at that there, and this is sort of my suspicion too. Because we saw Connor and Leon together out of the gate together, we heard it maybe even hinted at that that could change when the team hits the road and Tippett loses the advantage of having the last change. Do you suspect over the next couple of games we might see some different looks uh, as far as the line combinations forward go? I do. Uh, I think you will see Hyman with McDavid and Paul Yarvey, uh, and you will see Nugent Hopkins uh, on the wing with Dreisaitl in the middle and uh, and Yamamoto on the on the right side. I, I think that that, and, and for the very reason you talked about, you know, Dave doesn't have near the control uh, at times. Now, do I think that Dreisaitl and McDavid will play together on the road at times other than power plays? I do. I think you'll see situations, whether it's after a commercial break, um, when uh, the puck's in the offensive zone, that uh, he might put them out together. But I do think that we're going to see a lot more of, of Dreisaitl and McDavid separated uh, in the 41 road games starting tomorrow uh, than, we, uh, than we certainly have in the first three games at, uh, at Rogers, Rogers Place. 
Chatting with our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. And while we talk about the top nine of this group, Zach Cassian has looked great in his two games. Yes, Apoyarvi is part of 22 points in the first three games for the top line, but Kyler Yamamoto struggling out of the gate. Uh, he only had 10 minutes last night. He was a dash three. And you hope he's not slipping into any kind of a doghouse with Dave Tippett so early in the season. I think that's probably uh, a stretch for me to say. However, in your mind, John, what, is, what does Yamamoto need to do to get himself on track here and, and play up to the standard that we know and he knows that he can? By the way, it's amazing how we can let numbers work uh, the way we want them uh-huh. to work. You know who else was minus three? I got Zach Hyman at minus three as well. Exactly. And we think Hyman played well. So Very good point. It, 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 it's absolutely amazing. And, and, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins was minus two. Um, so I think that speaks to you can make let the numbers do what the numbers do. We all know that Yamamoto, when he's physically engaged, even though he's small in stature, when he's physically engaged and effective in the corners, you know he can be a quality offensive contributor. And I that he just has to he has to show a stick to itiveness, in my opinion, to make it happen. Um, we we know he can do it. We know he's a catalyst, um, and I, and I would I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt too, uh, because when you do change your lines the way they did, and 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 Kyler ends up playing with Zach, it's playing with a new body, you know, learning a new body. Now that's three games that he's had to play with with Hyman uh, on the other wing, and it's the learning curve is different. And so I I, I think when things are down. This is the time to be patient and give the benefit of the doubt. Looking elsewhere around the NHL, uh, you know what? Buffalo is off to a, a surprisingly good start, considering they got a new regime there, of course. And, you know, the Eichel situation has taken a back burner to the fact that they're just out there playing hockey now. Is, is that maybe the biggest surprise storyline out of the gate for you in this NHL season? Certainly one of them. I, I, I think, that, and on a positive side, uh, and I, I think you're, what you really have to do is uh, you have to give Don Granado um, a lot of credit for creating an environment of making hockey fun again. Um, there were times over the last two years uh, it was not fun to play hockey in Buffalo uh, because they, you know, and they got rid of a couple of guys. Uh, but really, in many ways, other without Eichel being there. Uh, there are still uh, there's still ten or ten or twelve guys that contributed to the Sabers' demise in the last two seasons that are still playing, but now are playing better. Um, and and I, I think Granado has created an environment that players want to play in, and it tells you that the effectiveness of a coach in dealing in a positive nature helps a club. Uh, watching them last night, um, they are they appear to be faster than they ever were under Ralph Kruger. Uh, and again, like the Oilers, we talk about resilience. They had to prove resilience last night against the Canucks and, and did that. And, you know, if they can get goals out of a guy like Jeff Skinner, who's getting paid a lot of money and took a lot of criticism last year for not, not scoring very many goals, 
if they can get goals from him, then Buffalo is going to be not just a, a three-game fluke, but it, they could be something of a, a bit more of a factor in the Atlantic Division. And conversely, at the other end of the Eastern Conference, you find last year's representative in the Stanley Cup Final, or I guess they would have been from the North or whatever, but you know what I mean. Montreal, John, is not off to a great start. They are 0-4. Uh, they're lacking a couple of the big pieces that made them so successful last year, but maybe those pieces helped them overachieve somewhat, particularly in a playoff setting and Carey Price and Shea Weber who we learned today may not ever play well I suppose it was further cemented that we he may not ever play hockey again right. so in terms of what's missing from Montreal and, and maybe sort of despite the addition of a guy like Mike Hoffman or Josh Anderson and uh, you know this sort of thing why are they not having success out of the gate right now well they can't score goals Brendan, um, you, you know, they've only scored three goals in the four games, including getting shut out last night by San Jose. Um, but if you, if you look at if you look at this team um, and if you look at how other teams are constructed in the National Hockey League, uh, we always talk about strength down the middle. Who's your number one center? Who's your best defenseman? And how's your goaltending? Well, Shea Weber, as you said, may never play again. Perry Price not available right now and who is their number one center and I, I i don't i mean it's supposed to be nick suzuki but that's a ton of pressure on a guy in in year four um they don't have any strength down the middle they have no strength down the middle and and not only are they missing price and weber but Corey perry who was really a a, a catalyst from a leadership perspective last year particularly in the playoff run was very important he's not there and philip Deneau. Uh, who, you know, who turned down a, a really good offer from them uh, early in the season and then decided to wait and then went and signed in Los Angeles. He's not there. This team doesn't have very much horsepower. Uh, the, the best story is the return of Jonathan Drouin, but Jonathan Drouin cannot do it by himself. Josh Anderson, you're right, has not got off to a great start. Mike Hoffman, who really is a one-dimensional player, only played for the first time last night. So this team, there's a bit of disarray in Montreal and certainly confusion in Montreal. And I think that that's, uh, I don't think that's going to change very quickly when it comes to how Montreal is going to play uh, in the Atlantic Division. John, appreciate the input. We'll be hearing from you on the face-off show, okay? Right on. Talk to you later, Brendan. Absolutely. That's John Shannon, our uh, NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Quick timeout on Oilers now. Back with the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Brad Lauer. Now, 148 in Edmonton. Brendan Escott with you. And hey, Royal Pizza, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now for a menu and a list of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Go online, royalpizza.ca, or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Halfway through a five-game homestand, the Edmonton Oil Kings draw Brandon here at Rogers Place. On Friday night, the head coach of the team expected to, well, perhaps even go as far as the Memorial Cup this year is Brad Lauer. Pleased to be joined by him on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Brad, how's it going? 
I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us. And I know uh, ahead of Friday, you guys have a couple days in preparation, about halfway through this uh, home stand, sitting at 4-2, yeah. 0-1 on the young season so far. And, uh, you know, maybe the scoring number's not as high as you'd like them to be. But before we delve into that, just uh, your overall mm-hmm. assessment of how the team has started out of the gate. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, I, think, I mean, obviously expectations for this group is really high. And, you know, I think the way we've we've come out right now, I mean, uh, not to make any excuses, but we've had a lot of guys that missed our training camp and were at NHL camps and coming back during, you know, just as the season was getting going. And, you know, right now I don't feel we're, we're connected as a group right now um, to where we'd like to be, but um, it's still a work in progress. But we've done some really good things. I mean, uh, defensively, we're doing a really good job of, uh, of you know, in the D zone, not giving up a lot of goals against. Um, obviously, offensively, when you look at our team, we should be scoring a lot more goals. But, you know, in saying that, uh, I do like the way we've been playing in, in tight games uh, with a one-goal lead, uh, being able to be under control and, and and not panicking in these situations, but being controlled and, and managing the, the the situation that we're in. And uh, as we know in the playoffs, you know these are going to be important games that will, will you know the low scoring games. And you know I feel very comfortable right now with the way our our guys can handle it. Well, and watching, you know, offense is one thing in terms of having cohesiveness really bring it together and chemistry and needing that to thrive. Defense is a lot more based on hard work, Brad, I think. And and maybe that, yeah. uh, you know, is why your team has been able to keep the puck out of the net, just 12 goals against. But, you know, like you mm-hmm. said, a surprise with all the firepower that you've had, just only 16 yeah. goals for in, in all the same breath. Yeah. Two of them coming from Luke Prokop in his first game. What kind of addition has he been both on and off the ice for the Oil? Kings. Well, I think I think one thing with Luke. I mean, obviously off ice. I mean, I think he brings that that character to to our group that we we've kind of missed a little bit. He's a big kid, obviously, um, can play some big minutes. Uh, very good puck puck mover. Um, you know, very responsible defensively. Can has a great reach and being able to, you know, get getting get pucks on sticks. But even just getting into into checks and, and stalling pucks and allowing our our transition to from defense to offense. And not only that, I think we've seen the first game that he has opportunity to be productive offensively with with his shot that he has. He was able to create obviously and capitalize on. on two great shots and score goals for us so I think um, you know we can get more out of him offensively the way the type of game we want to play but uh, just his maturity and the way he's been in the league uh, he just brings that veteran presence that we have back there that we need. Not the only new defenseman on the Edmonton Oil Kings as we chat with head coach Brad Lauer there was another new acquisition out of Prince Albert can you fill me in on that? Yeah, we 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 moved, um, you know, uh, Stan. Um, you know, he was kind of in and out of the lineup, um, Stanley, and and uh, you know, he just wasn't. Uh, he was like I said, he was in and out of the lineup, and you know, we had an opportunity to find him a place where he could play more consistent, and uh, we picked up another kid, Goddess. Um, you know, and he's playing. I believe he's playing in in, in Kindersley or Camrose right now. I'm not sure 100, but. Uh, and playing well there and, and playing lots. So right now our, our, our plan is to leave him in the junior A team right now unless we need him uh, for emergencies, and then uh, hopefully he's with us here next season. 
Uh, so, Brad, you know uh, that'll uh, you know maybe be a longer term piece. I look at the the landscape of the Eastern Conference right now, and you uh, sitting atop mm-hmm. the Central Division at four two zero and one. Winnipeg seven and zero out of the gate, a white hot start yeah. for them. As you assess the rest of the field, you'll see Brandon on Friday, and you know what, what do you make of this Eastern Conference in the Western League so far this year? Well, I think obviously you know Winnipeg's going to be very strong. I think Brandon's going to be very strong. I mean, Winnipeg obviously with and it's junior hockey in general. If you don't have good years and you draft well, you're going to have good teams down the road. And I think that's what you're seeing right now with Winnipeg. They have some exceptional young talent in there, and I think you're seeing that uh, those young kids um, coming, uh, stepping up into our league right now, and uh, with, with the way they're playing. And I just think there's a, there's there's a lot of teams in our in our conference that uh, that that are going to be really good this year. And Brandon's going to be another team that has. Again, they had a lot of guys drafted. They got a lot of kids, young kids coming up that are uh, taking that next step uh, yeah, level of play. So, I don't think you're going to see the the domination of one team in in this conference uh, dominating. I think it's going to be a, about three or four teams that. Um, we'll be up there consistently through the whole season. As the season rolls on, Brad, and you do get more time with more of the bulk of your mm-hmm. roster at practice consistently, is there anything you're doing, um, you know, whether it be in on-ice sessions or off-ice sessions, to try to accelerate that process of getting everybody on the same page? When you do have, you know, I look at your leading scorer and Jacob Demick as being a new face there, and Dylan Gunther having mm-hmm. spent time at NHL uh, camp. Jake Neighbors was up with St. Louis just last week, or still is, so yeah. you know, I can see what you were saying off the top of the interview where there's a lot of moving parts so how do you sort of rein all that in and make sure that everything's towing on the same rope well i think just one thing i think you said is this practice and just making sure we're doing the, doing the habits that we talked about for our foundation and keep working on that foundation that's just given us success here the last three years and and uh you know and, then, and whether that's through, through on ice um doing through going through reps on ice or even through video sessions uh whether it's individual uh, sessions with each player or we're doing it as a group or doing it as a line or doing it as as a defenseman or, or groups but um, just keep working on on our structure our details um, as a group and and you know as we move along here um, tight things will tighten up over the last couple of years, I think you guys have been well aware of the potential of the team and, and you know, what wasn't to be just mm-hmm. based on circumstances. That changes this year. Right. And looking at the group on paper, I know you guys aren't going to invest too much stock into the CHL top 20 or anything like that. But when you when yeah. you look at the, you know, Sebastian Cosa and that, the amount of first-round talent, the amount of, of potential that this team does have, you know, what is the messaging to this group to really cement the belief that this could be, you know, ultimately a championship-type season? Well, I think that's how we have to approach. I think that's how we've we've talked about it here. Obviously, coming out of the gates, they've they've had us ranked number one, and again, it, for us and the message to our group is that's those are numbers from the previous year. Um, that's what we've done last year. Uh, that has nothing to do with what we've done this year yet. So, uh, the important thing is not to look too far down the road and understand the importance of making sure we're prepared. Um, this season and you know the, with that becomes responsibility and like anything else for our players is uh, our expectations as a staff for each player is is has been raised whether you were here last year um, we're not comfortable as, as an organization on what you did last year it's all about um, you know uh, doing getting better this season and you know that's one of our focuses that we've done with each each individual through the years and as a team um, we keep raising our expectations and that starts with our habits and our work ethic and you know we keep building it from there brad thanks for your time today good luck friday night 
Great, thank you. 7 o'clock, puck drop. Rogers placed the Brandon Wheat Kings in town. We're going to this day in Oilers history. New West Travel, Denison. Jason Lalibrady with some info coming down the pipe on their next Oilers Now trip. But Cody, what you got? 1992, Rob Ravage scores twice to lead the league's new expansion franchise. The Tampa Bay Lightning passed the Oilers 6-1. Craig Simpson scored the lone goal for the Oilers as their record fell to 1-6-1 on the young season. Yeah, a bit of a different tune this year. 3-0, looking to make it 4-0 tomorrow night on 6.30. Chad, we'll tee it all up. Bob will be back. It is the Oilers and Coyotes from the desert. 8 o'clock tomorrow, but tonight... Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8 p.m. Hey, we'll have Kevin Weeks on tomorrow's show. He's from ESPN and the NHL Network. That's for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in solar electrical construction and service. Electrical, prefabrication, solar, Canadian Power Pack. Also, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3. And then 6.30, shit, afternoon with Jalen Nye. I'm Brendan Escott. Thanks for tuning in. Chat tomorrow. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.